everybody to the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast show with myself, Aaron, and Tom. And for our show tonight, it's the one and only Carmen Chaos. How's it going? No, again, I'm glad to be here, even though, you know, it's like an hour back. Up, and of course, oh. my phone just dropped. Hold on. No, you're good. You're good. You Let's are not, not the first have that happen <laughs> Listen, there we've we had go. we've had dogs and cats run across and knock people's phones off. You're I'm hoping it would happen as soon as we're like, all right, going live. And I'm like, well, perfect. <laughs> uh, you're good. So it's the Christmas holidays right now, and everyone's kind of getting into that mood. Is there any Christmas tradition that you kind kind of go to every single year? Well, we got my first Christmas tree since I've been in my new apartment you know decided that with two cats we're going to get a tester tree it did not go well it probably lasted about I'd say maybe a day and then ornaments were all over the floor just so we said this is going to be a very bare tree (laughs) you know at least you went with the tester tree at least you didn't go out and spend all this great big crazy money because if something like that happened here at the house my wife would just have the biggest fit ever Oh, yeah. So I'm like, look, I go out and just knock it over, which we kind of expected. There is no way. <laughs> now, let's let's talk about Christmas just a little bit more before we get into your wrestling career. As a youngster, was there one present that you really wanted throughout your whole Christmas that you just did not get? Or were you someone who was just spoiled right? I was a spoiled brat. I'm not even afraid to admit it because to be fair, I, as a child, uh, I had a, I like really bad because I was there waving a flag at, you know, one of the ones who wave at like parades and stuff. It went directly through this eye. So oh. I had an, I had an eye patch. Luckily it's all like 2020 now, but an eye diabetes. <laughs> Like, just get what they want. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I guess I really can't complain too much. I, I remember one year I really wanted the PlayStation, and my parents told me it cost way too much money. And I think at the time the PlayStations were only like $149. And then they said, oh, yeah, that's just too much. But then they went and spent $300 on a dog. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. I remember wanting the moon shoes when I was a kid and talked about them for the whole year. And then when I unwrapped moon shoes under the tree, I was so disappointed because I was like, I, I don't even want those now. And I felt bad because, you know, my mom had saved up to get us these moon shoes. And I don't know if you remember what the moon shoes were, but they were oh, basically I did, the little trampoline boots. Yes. <laughs> I absolutely hated it, even though that's what I talked about all year long. Um, that that happens for sure because uh as a kid too my brothers were into like four-wheeling and things like that so one year we all got four-wheelers we were so happy excited our own very very up and I was like okay perfect I'm gonna go out riding you know I ended up probably five seconds before the thing was on top of me (laughs) I said I'm good I'm not going outside anymore (laughs) Let's talk about your wrestling career, because in my opinion, you are a trailblazer, whether or not you want to admit it or not, 
or, you know, some people are a little bit more humble. Some people don't want all that praise, but in my opinion, you are an absolute trailblazer right now in the world of professional wrestling. Do you kind of feel that way yourself? Um, I definitely do because it, it's kind of hard to kind of put yourself in that image that you are like the one of the trailblazing parts of it but it's hard whenever I'm in such a small area and people are kind of unfamiliar with people like me and then there I am like oh by the way I'm a wrestler so then it kind of gives me a perspective but also in a way it's like a good responsibility because then I I feel like I have to do something like I have to be this person to do it. So would you say that that's like added pressure or is it just like something that helps uh, motivate you? Uh, I, I would say both because honestly, any kind of pressure is always kind of like a motivator. And, and also like being like being trained, it's, it's kind of cool to kind of teach people too. like, number one, I don't have some 300 pound man strength that people think that trans people have. I'm like, uh, I guess I kind of missed out on that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there, it is. You, I'm glad you kind of mentioned that because I know in the public eye over the last few years, there has been a lot of talk, you know, especially when it comes to things like collegiate sports and high school sports, you know, trans athletes being able to perform in different, you know, classifications. What is your feeling on that? Um, well, I was, I was lucky enough to wear my whole um, transition stuff. And this is where it gets into kids because whenever you haven't hit puberty, that's whenever you, you start muscle development and all that. It came time for me to hit it and I was born without testosterone. So it came time for me to hit, I was four foot eight and 95 pounds. <laughs> so I'm there 11th grade, like I'd like to grow taller any minute now. <laughs> but then uh, back then, you know, this was about 2008, 2009, gender wasn't really a topic. So then back then it was just kind of, here's some testosterone. Well, I took probably maybe like one, two injections and I was like, something's wrong. This is not for me. Ever since then, my parents were kind of like, then once I transitioned and stuff like that, that kind of made more sense because, you know, there's people think that trans people are just these big bulky people who just want an easy advantage I've always been tiny and I raise people bigger than me. So I'm just like, I'm five foot seven and 130 pounds. What do you think? What kind of advantage do I have? Yeah, I mean, you know, for myself, um, it's it's very hard. And I can understand some people's complaints when you know, whenever you're talking about it. not in a situation like yours where it's kind of, you know, you're four foot eight and, and 93 pounds. Uh <laughs> But whenever, and to me, I didn't even know that you were four foot eight and 93 pounds. So whenever you look at the, the grand scheme of things, have you found it in the world of professional wrestling, the tra transition to be hard for you or a little bit easier than you thought? Uh, the transition, what's funny is that whenever, as most people do not really recognize a lot, a lot of, a lot of like, drag culture and things like that that kind of gave me a respect to my like piece of what it's like inside of show business and that and the fact that you know I'm able to now kind of find a way to bridge a gap between my LGBT community and like wrestling is 
kind of cool. And then whenever I'm trying to transition to, you know, wrestling and things like that, luckily I, I just have an amazing, amazing support system. Like they would do anything for me. Like big time, big time wrestling has been amazing to me. Talk to us a little bit about big time wrestling. Who are some of the people behind the scenes? Because I want to make sure we give them the credit that they deserve. Who are some of those people behind the scenes there at big time wrestling who have? Freddie Cornell. I'm going to tell you what. He, on my very first day, I went and I had a tryout. I was like, all right, here I go. Finally going to take the step. And I'm there and I had sent him a kind of message, but he didn't view it up until I was there. And I asked so I was like, with, you know, LGBT people being here, I don't want to, you know, make people feel uncomfortable. He then, in the car, he asked me, he goes, are you like lesbian? No, <laughs> I'm not lesbian. You know, I just basically, I basically talked to him then, and it's so cool because here we are, West Virginia, and he just literally walked me into the school and said, all right, this garment, if any of y'all don't like it, get out. Just like that. And to have somebody back me, you know, as you can imagine, there's probably things with things with talent. And he always wants the best for me. Like he want, he knows for a fact, I love to do this. So then he makes sure that I'm safe because believe it or not, you have to, you have to make sure because I don't know what could be somebody trying to hurt somebody like me. Now you mentioned your brothers. So when you started getting into professional wrestling, how were they as far as supporting, um, trying to get into it, or were they more hesitant of you getting into the business? Well, they don't understand kayfabe, so they went to my first match, and security had to grab them. <laughs> my mom, my poor mom, they were there, they were there literally telling her, like, it's, it's kayfabe, and whenever uh, the women's champ at the time grabbed a chair my mom just started screaming and I'm like oh no so there's me laying there like <sighs> just please let it be over <laughs> so is that taking a while for them to get kind of used to that or is it still kind of an ongoing thing that you have to explain uh my mom is going to be at my at my next match January 15th so I, I think she gets the hang of it, but I know for a fact when it comes to the time and the moment and you know how like as like younger fans, we'd see those big spots and be like, how did they do it? Imagine that, but a fear of their actual well-being. So my mom is going to be in shambles. Earlier on, you mentioned, you know, pro wrestlers who have come out in a sort of like a drag type character before. Uh, Goldust is one of them. You know, when he first jumped on the scene there in WWF slash WWE, let's be honest, his character was kind of based upon like this drag type character. And the reception to him was just kind of oh, iffy for sure. Yeah, iffy at the time. But now everyone absolutely loves the Go Dust character as well. Do you think it's people are just learning to love the character or they are learning to love the work? What I love more than anything, I think that there's nothing wrong if that's your, if that's who you are, you know, if you want your gimmick to be the glitter, the glam and all that, basically drag, you know, if you want that to be your gimmick, that's fine. But I love the fact that I can be a trans wrestler, but not have my gimmick as the trans wrestler, you know, like 
I'm not obligated to be like, oh, this is part of you. This is part of your part of your gimmick. Like I can still be Carmen. I can still be, you know, bright, colorful, things like that. But it's in no way like, oh, but by the way, they're trans. It's just I'm Carmen. I'm trans, but also I wrestle. <laughs> now, do you have full control so far everywhere that you go on your character? Is it something that you kind of developed yourself or did you have some input from some, someone else? Well, we always have, uh, Freddie is a big help, but it, but, but it's cool that he never kind of makes it feel obligated. Like, you know, that was one of my biggest fears was that I'm gonna, I was going to br- be brought out as like a laughing stock, you know, because as much as I want to say wrestling has been kind to people, I applaud what uh, AEW has done, you know, Nala Rose, it's not really part of her gimmick, but, you know, back in, back in my day, whenever I used to watch it, I grew up on Gold Dust, Rico, at one point, Charlie Haas. (laughs) But it's like, it's like to watch these things and kind of see that being LGBT was kind of of a, of a gimmick. It's kind of great to see that it doesn't have to be. So when you're looking at the landscape of current professional wrestling, especially on TV, um, is there things that you you look at for inspiration or are you somebody that looks at the past to try to incorporate uh in your character and your storylines and things like that i think that you need to do both because if you try to mimic everything that is on tv right now you're just going to be a, a carbon copy that that's it you're just going to be a basic basic jobber you're going to go out there you're going to be a carbon copy of it, everything you watched I just think that if you mix some things about the past, like some old school wrestling, like Sherry, like Sherry Martell and things like that, I want to bring back, like, I can be glamour, like I can come out and do the whole, do, do the whole girly part, but I can wrestle like I'm Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks. There, you need to find a fine line. Yeah, I think in the last two years in professional wrestling, the landscape has gotten better as far as the LGBTQ community goes and really uplifting that. Of course, you know, there was a big issues with the Me Too movement as well. And, and I really see wrestlers empowering each other for change. Last night, Tom and I were very fortunate enough to be with Effie. Um, and he is a great... Jealous. Yeah, he is a great, you know... I want to say a martyr because that you know this kind of how if he is you know he will die on that sword. Uh, Truly, sure. I have the most respect in the world for him because to go through what all like I have read like stories, articles, and stuff because he's kind of if anybody uses the word trailblazer, it's Effie. Effie absolutely like he was still in the time where El- where like being gay was taboo, like it wasn't a thing. So then he. A lot. So I'm really happy that you know we have that we have somebody like that, and especially he does wrestling brunch. How could you hate him? Yeah, I mean, when you when you look at him, you know his main goal is to infiltrate the business and tear it up from the inside out, so that people are just considered pro wrestlers. There's no black. There's no white. There's there's no gay. There's none of that. If you're a wrestler, you're a pro wrestler. And that's one thing that made me fall in love with Effie is because I think wrestling needs everything. 
Oh, yeah, because, you know, I think that it's great, you know, that we can have LGBT wrestlers, we can have just all these other different diverse wrestlers coming out. Now, at the end of the day, how are you as a wrestler? Like, that's how I want to be. I want to be treated because I'm in the gym probably three to four, three to four times a week. And whenever we, whenever we do train, I'm like the first one in, last one out. So I mean that whenever I want somebody to look and not think, oh, they're trans or think that I got something because I'm trans. I want them to look at me like that's one hell of a wrestler. Now, when you talk about spending the time in the gym and, and things like that, are there certain things that you are looking to improve in your wrestling game that you constantly work on? Or is it just oh, a fun? Of course I am because uh, what people don't what people don't know is that first uh, having a mat based wrestling background definitely helps. I I wrestled in school for about four to six years around there, and I also uh, whenever I'm actually learning how to like tumble gymnastics stuff like that because if you look every single women's women's champion have all one thing in common and most of them have a gymnastics background. So then I think it'd be great to actually bring that. I can bring a mat-based wrestling skill along with doing flips, things like that, because I think that just all in all, I mean, you can, you, you can only get better. It's not like learning something can make you worse. Right. Who are some people that you've run into in the locker rooms that you've gone to for advice outside of Freddie? Uh, Vince Steele number one Vince Steele has been great to me he is probably the most agile big boy that you could ever see Johnny Santos is one he's always he's actually worked with me one-on-one training and he has made me feel completely safe like I am really glad because you know training stuff like that you can get you can get scared and I'm really glad that I've had you know somebody push me and really has made me feel like I'm getting better and also, a couple, couple more. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, Johnny Blast is one. Johnny Blast is actually it is actually a local like legend here because he he wrestles all over and he's been he's been in the business for almost I'd say 30, 40 years. Now I'm gonna to touch on your accent a little bit because you did mention that you know you're from the West Virginia area. And, uh, you know, I'm from Kentucky, Tom's from Indiana. So we're all just kind of writing this big old hoopla. But where you live at right now, how, is the, how is the pro I'm wrestling scene? What's that? Huntington, West Virginia. We have a, we have a pretty, good, pr- pretty good wrestling scene. And I do have to say, wrestling scene-wise, big time, the fact that we, we, don't, we don't just uh, accumulate talent like local talent. Like we have, like we have people come in from New York, from Canada, from Florida. Like I have met some, I've met some people where I'm like, how did you find us? (laughs) Like in what world these people will drive like six, eight hours just to come, just come do our shows. And it's the fact that our promoter cares that much about how his show looks. And that, and that, of course, in the independence thing, it's hard to find that. Yeah, I think more and more independent promotions have learned that if they want to be successful, they're going to have to start bringing in people because there are so many great promotions all across the U S 
And I feel like every time Tom and I do a show, we learn more and more about a certain promotion. And when we learn about a promotion, like a big time, we'll spend the next week or two really researching those promotions, trying to find some shows on those promotions. Because, you know, one of our main goals of this whole podcast is to bring awareness of talent that someone may not know. So for someone who may not know who Carmen Chaos is over in California or Alaska, we want to say, hey, this is Carmen Chaos. This is why you need to check this person out because it's very important. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I tried to, you know, the, the fact that you telling people and marketing and things like that, like you have to get out there, especially this day and age. I could go on YouTube and watch hours of wrestling from here, there. What would make one, what would make someone want to see your and that's why I like it because that's the kind of mindset that we have is that we need to put on a great show because in today's day, in today's day and age, I, I could type in YouTube wrestling and probably watch it for the next three days. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's great the way the independent scene is really starting to pick up after the pandemic. Um, not that we're out of the pandemic, but with things opening up and things like that. Um, people are being able to travel more and be able to get to these shows. I think it's really good for talent. Um, it's just the be, being able to take and learn new people and get them connected with other people, I think is doing very good things. Um, I know in our area alone, uh, just being able to help promote these shows for people and get people's eyes on the business has been very good for talent. Uh, is there any areas of the country that you are wanting to try to get to to work? Well, working wise, uh, I do have a promotion in Tennessee I'm looking forward to. And also in Leesburg, Florida, I will be there very soon because there is a brand that our current champion is also champion there. So I just found out that they are women's division next year and needless to say I am ready to take that over because <laughs> I think that with the with the amount of talent that we have here you know women women's wise it is hard to find so I need to I need to go somewhere where we're going to be able to be a forefront and I'm going to be able to be like hey big time wrestling has the best women <laughs> Yeah, sometimes when you go to these promotions, it's the people that you're least expecting or may not know who impress you more than the people that you do know. 100%, because I think it's great, because I'm not trying to down anybody who's on a major contract, anything like that, but they, it's kind of like having that fire. Of course, people who, who you know have not made it big, have not been signed to a major promotion, they feel like they need to prove themselves. And the fact that I always go out there and I work and I always work to, my goal is to make my, my, my last match better than the one before that because I want to absolutely do the best that I can and know that I can get better with each match. Now, are you up for some rapid fire questions? Rapid fire. Let's hit them. <laughs> all right. Your favorite movie of all time is what? Titanic. Oh. I know. Oh. I know. I used to only remember whenever they had it in the VHS set tapes. 
I used to only play the second one because I that's the closest thing I used to like watching the shipwreck. <laughs> when, when it first came out, you know, my, my parents at the time owned a movie store and I, I can remember it came out and we fast, we're like you, we fast forward. I just want to see when the ship starts going down. That's what I wanted to see. And I was like, was, this is pretty that crazy. Was, that, that was little me. Little me was was very like, yeah, destruction. And then I kind of grew up. I said, well, what's that VHS one have on it? Then I sobbed and cried. <laughs> I was like, well, that was an horrible decision. I've never seen the whole movie. I haven't either. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I've seen part of the beginning, stopped watching it, and I have caught the end of it before, but I've never watched it all the way through. Oh no, listen, we are gonna have to change that. I'm gonna call a Zoom meeting where we all watch Titanic and cry. I'm, Tom will cry. I won't cry. I can promise you Tom <laughs> will. I won't. It don't take much for me. Yeah. Uh, listen, me either. These these hormones and stuff, I, I promise I'll just it, it takes one one thing of undercover Boston. I'm sobbing. I'm sure once my wife watches this, she'll look at me like, so Titanic, do we need to watch this? I'm, I'm sure it's going to happen. And I'm Perfect. I'm going to be like, I I'm busy. So yeah. <laughs> you're driving down the car and you turn on the radio and you say, this is my jam. What song is it? Uh, I love the city girls. I don't know if you are familiar with them, but it is a women's rap group and I am I am telling you I could be in the most polite setting but if I hear the city girls I just I turn into a different person <laughs> see that's why we like asking these questions because later on tonight I'm going to look up the city girls and Tom will too I guarantee you and we're, yeah. we're going to listen because that's just who we are we want to know our guests so yeah. listen you might want to listen to to some clean versions before you judge me because they are but they are the hottest female rap group today. So I I have been a fan. And also, Sweetie. As you can see with the little yes. Sweetie sauce she has now. Yes, I, I do. I, knew, I do know her. Yeah, yes. There we go. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure I've probably heard one of, the, one of the City Girls on TikTok before. I'm sure there's a song that's being used somewhere on TikTok. I'm sure. We're getting old. <laughs> yes, we are. We are. Well, Tom will say he's not, but I am. Does pineapple go on a pizza? Absolutely. I will I will die on that hill. <laughs> pineapple absolutely goes on pizza. Pineapple is delicious, and pineapple goes with ham. You See, need ham, I, you need pineapple. I like, I like pineapple on a pizza now. When I go out, it's not something to order, but if I see it, like, out somewhere, because, you know, like we have a CC's pizza or somewhere like that that has it, I'll grab a slice of it, and I do like it. We used to have CC's, but the one we had closed down, so the closest that I get is, like, Little Caesars, whenever I'm like, well, that that $8 pizza will be worth it, and then I just drench it in, like, garlic butter, then I'm like, wow, I really need to hit the gym. <laughs> well, Carmen, before we let you go, tell everyone where they can find some of your merchandise, and here's your chance to plug your social media. Okay, you can find me on prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Carmen Chaos. So you can buy the official Carmen Chaos shirt. You can also find me on Facebook at the Carmen Chaos page, or you can find me at Carmen Beck. I will I'll plug my real name, <laughs> my shoot name, but uh, you can also Instagram.
Instagram, also on Twitter at Carmen K Chaos. So you can find me anywhere, anywhere. Also YouTube, BigTimeWrestling.com. You'll see any one of my matches. Awesome. Thanks so much for actually coming on here and joining us tonight. Again, continue the great work that you're doing and being an advocate um, for trans and LGBTQ community all through pro wrestling. Um, like I said, it's something that's very important. We've got, we've got to stop all the hate. We've got to stop, you know, putting people down and keeping people from being successful due to them just being themselves. And I thank you so much for sharing your story with us tonight. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. We just, we just want to wrestle. <laughs> we just want to wrestle too. That's all. <laughs> all right. For everyone else out there, make sure you guys are doing what you need to do. Stay safe. Uh, stuff's starting to get a little bit sticky in a lot of areas right now. Once again, we've got to get everyone safe. I know where Tom and I are located. The cases are starting to go back up and you know what happens if they keep going up stuff's going to start getting shut down so take care of yourself make sure you're doing what you're doing so you can go out and support carmen and all the great talent across the world uh, i know they want you to and we want you to as well um we got a christmas special coming up in just a few weeks like i said tom and i last night were able to go to billy stark's 17th birthday Cosmic Christmas special. Uh, we'll have some great content coming from that in the next couple of weeks as well. And then we got the year in awards coming up first of January and can't wait to see who Tom has some of his top picks for the year and myself. And we have a special guest joining us for that panel as well. Make sure you guys head over to PWTs, pick up some of our merchandise as well. If you're looking for a good book, pick up Independent Road to Wrestler's Journey by myself and Loving Casey Nelson. Guys, can't do it without y'all. Hit the subscribe button. Everyone take care, and we'll see y'all later in the week.